Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kat. I am your host, T. All righty. And um, yeah, it's pretty great. Last time on Bible Breakdown, we covered how to treat people who accidentally murder people. That was really important to the Lord. Yes. And um, how to treat female captives. Yes. Um, and uh, what else was there? Um, you said the thing about murder, murder by persons unknown, yeah. female captives. Yep. Oh, the Rules oh, and killing, and you should kill your kids that don't obey. That was um a concerning thing for me. Um, there were rules of warfare. Um, and then we also talked about laws concerning cities of refuge. Yeah. Uh, property boundaries, which was, that was pretty short. Um, and then I highlighted from last time, cause this is a saying that's always said, but show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, two for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Um, we have been taught in society or at least, you know, through this biblically, um, that that's the way of the thing of the world. Um, funny enough, actually, I, I, I texted you about this earlier, but, um, I don't know if you said you hadn't been watching Atlanta. There's a particular episode, um, on Atlanta that, um, deals with being petty and the links we'd go to get somebody back, um, who has wronged us. And, uh, it's, it's funny because I've watched Childish Gambino, Donald Glover's interviews outside of, um, he was on the, the shop with LeBron James and he talked about how like he has a petty streak in him. Sure. So it was really funny to see this episode play out um, because <laughs> the links that his character earned for those who have not seen the fabulous show Atlanta that they go, um, he, he goes to a very extreme length to get somebody back who wronged him. And uh, I say that to say that, um, you know, show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Like when you really take it, I think from a um, a literal sense, I guess, it's kind of petty, you know, mm-hmm. Like I think there are moments like if somebody does something wrong to you, um, we've discussed this before, where sometimes you got to let people know. Um, you say that. I and I stand by that to a degree. But yeah, I think yeah. that there are the people, the opinions of other people matter very little to me. Well, okay. One, this is contextual because it's not necessarily <laughs> the opinion that when I say that saying that I'm really going for, it's just like a matter of respect and that type of thing. Like it's just certain things I think that, but like respect, that's still your opinion of me, and it doesn't mean very. If much. you slap me in the face, I'm slapping you. Like I'm not like I'm not, yeah, I'm not getting away with that. That's different than like oh, you know, he says something, like I let these niggas know. Well, I mean, as I've known you, I think I've grown from that. Like certain instances, I don't um, indulge or involve myself in anymore, or like I'm I'm, I'm more comfortable walking away from versus like trying to you know show somebody that i'm not a punk but sure. i um you know i'm human so i also make some mistakes sometimes regarding this um regardless though um me highlighting that saying and me having just watched that episode um on my plane ride back just made me think of that so um yeah well, don't be petty yeah well apparently the lord is a bit petty and maybe that's part of his appeal and why so much of this has persisted and why people like it. They like the vengeance. They like the, yeah, oh, everybody's calling me stupid now is going to burn in hell forever. Like that gives them comfort. And, you know, I think that's very human um, in the sense of like, you know, I love a good revenge tale. 
like a, a good sure. Kill Bill type movie or a John Wick. Or... Isn't that a revenge thing? Yeah, yeah. I love a good, you know, I love Never a good... seen it. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a cup of tea, but I'm just, I love a, you know, like, hey, you did something to me that you thought was just like so insignificant. And it's like, no, actually, it was a big deal. Um, I will say I do like watching people who think they can't get it, get it. Yeah. I like that a lot where people think that, like, for instance, like, even though I'm a feminist, sometimes, you know, it doesn't mean women are always right. Just means I don't want to be oppressed. So, like, in instances when, like, women are, like, provoking men and get their asses kicked. <laughs> like, oh, I was watching Bel Air on Peacock and, like, oh. uh, and it, like Will and uh, Carlton get in a fight and Carlton loses. And his dad is like, yeah, you can't complain about how a fight ends when you start it. Like, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I get that. But also with uh, Donald Glover, have you ever watched Community? I've not watched that show. Community he is really good. He's in it. Um, he's really, really funny. And then also 30 Rock. He was one of the writers on 30 Rock. And I, I didn't know that for the longest until I read Tina Fey's book. And I was like, no wonder I fucking love that show. It was so weird and fantastic. And had all these like really tiny sub jokes that you had to catch really quick. I love that kind of stuff. But anyway, let's let's read the Bible. Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, a new revised standard version. Um, we're reading the Bible. Um, and we'll just see if we get to any good parts. I mean, what's the last good thing you remember? Um, morally good. Morally good. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't remember the exact like reason for this, but I remember God had said something a while back about like, you know, if a, um, if a woman's husband dies, basically that property of that land goes to her mm-hmm. versus her. I don't remember exactly that, but I remember. But remember, like, but then she was also couldn't marry outside of her tribe. She like could not a marry woman. outside of her tribe. Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't a wholly good rule. Yeah. It was like almost good, but then they were like, oh, but now you can't marry outside of your tribe. So it's kind of encouraging incest a little bit. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I have a for money. I have a great quote about um tribes and stuff. I don't know. You've made so many good points so far, but let's not let the people, you know. I know they came here for Bible. Longer. Let's give them some Bible. Yeah. All right, Deuteronomy twenty-two: You shall not watch your neighbor's ox or sheep straying away and ignore them. You shall take them back to the owner. If the owner does not reside near you or you do not know who the owner is, you shall bring it to your own house and it shall remain with you until the owner claims it, then you shall return it. You shall do the same with a neighbor's donkey. You shall do the same with a neighbor's garment. And you shall do the same with anything else that your neighbor loses and you find. You may not withhold your help. You shall see your neighbor's donkey or oxen fallen on the road and ignore it. You should help to lift it up. A woman shall not wear a man's apparel, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For whoever does such things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. If you come on a bird's nest in any tree or on the ground with fledglings or eggs, with the mother sitting on the fledglings or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. Let the mother go taking only the young for yourself in order that it may go well with you and you may live long. When you build a new house, you shall make a parapet for your roof. Otherwise, you might have blood guilt on your house. If anyone should fall from it, you shall not sow your vineyard with a second kind of seed or the whole yield will have to be forfeited. Both the crop that you have sown and the yield of the vineyard itself you should not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. You shall not wear clothes made of wool and linen woven together. You shall make tassels on the four corners of the cloak with which you cover yourself. Laws concerning sexual relations. 
Suppose a man marries a woman, but after going into her, he dislikes her and makes up charges against her, slandering her by saying, I married this woman, but when I lay with her, I did not find evidence of her virginity. The father of the young woman and her mother shall then submit the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. The father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her. Now he has made up charges against her, saying, I did not find evidence of your daughter's virginity. But here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. They, Then they shall spread out the cloth before the elders of the town. The elders of that town shall take the man and punish him. They shall find him 100 shekels of silver, which they, which they shall have give to the young woman's father because he has slandered a virgin of Israel. She shall remain his wife. She, he shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. If, however, this charge is true, that the evidence of the young woman's virginity was not found, then they shall bring the young woman out to the entrance of her father's house, and the men of her town shall stone her to death, because she committed a disgraceful act in Israel by prostituting herself in her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. If a man is caught lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die, the men who lay with the woman as well as the woman. So you shall purge the evil from Israel. If there is a young woman, a virgin, already engaged to be married, and a man meets her in town and lies with her, you shall bring both of them to the gate of the town and stone them to death. The young woman, because she did not cry for help in the town, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. But if the man meets the engaged woman in the open country, and the man seizes her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. You shall not, you shall do nothing to the young woman. The young woman has not committed an offense punishable by death because this case is like that of someone who attacks and murders a neighbor. Since he found her in the open country and engaged, the engaged woman may have cried for help, but there was no one there to, no one to rescue her. If a man meets a virgin who is not engaged, and seizes her and lies with her, and they are caught in the act, the man who lay with her shall give 50 shekels of silver to the young woman's father, and she shall become his wife, because he violated her, and he shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. A man shall not marry his father's wife, thereby violating his father's rights. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I guess I feel more... It's definitely... On on brand with the um, I won't even say on brand. I think that this one this does a good job of punishing the man as equally as he can for having premarital sex. I'll say that first. But go ahead, go ahead. Let's engage. I mean, can we talk about what the punishment for premarital sex is? (laughs) You have to pay somebody. You have to pay the father. No, that was rape. That was rape. That was the penalty for rape. Everybody else is getting stoned to death in front of everybody. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like this Wait, is bad. Like the, the, <laughs> the, I missed that. I didn't. They said that the. Um, and here I was trying to make it engaging. Yes. No, and- you were. And I was reading along with you while you were reading it. I think I got confused. So let's go back. Okay. All right. So suppose a man marries a woman, but after going in her, he dislike. Yeah. All right. I have a comment for that as well. Um, yeah. I'll just go. I'll just go. Because proof of virginity there. isn't a thing. <sighs> yeah. Um, and I feel like even if God was inspiring this, he would have, God should have known that. Well, okay. Can you elaborate for our listeners on what you mean by proof of virginity is in the thing? Well, because they're, what they're using as proof of virginity and what has historically been used as proof for, for virginity, what we're calling virginity, because I actually, I would recommend the purity myth for, um, I'll try to find it for the notes later, but uh, the book is called The Purity Man. Jessica Valenti. 
thank you so much. You're, you're fantastic. And so, um, she says basically like the concept of virginity is a myth and, but in the context here, it sounds like they're using like the breaking of the hymen as proof. So a man saying like, if she didn't bleed on the first time, then she's not a virgin. And that's just simply not true. I remember the first time I had sex, I didn't, my hymen didn't break. My hymen broke actually a couple times after I had sex and some women, they just don't even have a hymen you know, like it dissolved at some point or broke at some point. Like it's just not a good, and, and actually in there are some countries in the world where um, women go to plastic surgeons and have their hymen restitched hmm. so that it shoot, they will bleed on their wedding night because that is still like a huge deal. I remember reading this book called Kabul Beauty School. It was about this American woman who went to um, Afghanistan. That's the capital. Kabul is the capital of that, right? Sure. We can fact check that later too, if you don't mind. But like she um, went over there to um, basically help start beauty schools to help women become, you know, more self sufficient. That is correct. Kabul. Okay, cool, Kabul. And so um, while she was there, you know, she was visiting someone. It was during a wedding, and the bride was like super nervous to consummate the wedding because she wasn't a virgin. She had been raped by an uncle when she was younger. And um, so she was like super scared of being found out. And so the chick from the, you know, the American woman was like, girl, if you don't just give me a pen and like, she was like, here, I will prick my finger. I'll put some blood on a cloth. And so after you guys do it, just put that under you and then just hand them that. And that's my, I mean, this is just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is just not an indication that someone's a virgin and also, or, or, or should I say hasn't had, you know, penetrative sex. This or, isn't you my know. take. What? That this isn't that wasn't my take, but go ahead. Cause I think this leads into my take though. Okay. And so I don't know. I just think and also the fact too that it does go into, you know, purity culture where it's this thing like you've you're this you're evil. It's an abomination. You've disgraced Israel because you've had sex before. Um your betrothed and also, too, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of choice in who you get to marry. Your father's taking care of all that. As a matter of fact, if someone seizes you on the road and has sex with you, all he has to do is pay 50 shekels and mm. you're never allowed to divorce them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fast forwarding on that. So my take on this is <clears throat> um, I personally think that this particular verse is completely outdated and just the way we view the world. Um, I've said it probably many times on this podcast. I don't like the demonization of sex, actually. Um, I think it's very silly. I, I think it's silly because we've all, we all got here that way. So to, um, act like people don't have sex or like it's wrong or stupid, like, or not even the stupid, it's just, it's some, some bad thing I think is just ridiculous. Just like, you know, farting, everybody farts, everybody poops. Like these are things that I just feel like are very silly, but yet we, as you use the term, have this purity culture about it. And it just, is. I don't know. I, I have no better words than just to be like, it's really silly. y'all. Like, I mean, come on. Like that, it's it, more it, than silly. It, it's like, harmful. It's harmful for sure. Which is going to go to my next point. I think it's harmful in the sense of one for men growing up. I think it creates this air of insecurity um, toward in in unrealistic unrealistic expectation towards women, and it's something that I, as a man, have um, had to you know get over or try to get over, and I'm still not perfect at it because there will be things that happen. And I'm just like, you know, it's a constant reminder that I have to um, battle this kind of almost inherent misogyny that I've been fed my entire life. And which is silly because I've had talks with friends and I'm like, yeah, when you really sit down and think about it, my take has always been like, I don't think I will want a girl who's a virgin. Like, I actually want to be with somebody who has a few bodies at least because I feel like that way. To me, this is and this is just my interpretation. If somebody disagrees, let me know. But I just feel like 
I think that when you go out and you have when you date different people and you have different sexual experiences um, and then you end up with somebody, I think that's a more pure form of love, if that's a word, just because it's like I actually had the chance and I'm choosing to be in this situation versus like I'm being kind of forced into this situation, if that makes sense, especially in this time, like where you're kind of being sold off or married off or whatever. I think that's just like, you know, it takes away women's choice, which is, you know, obviously harmful to women. Um, And that's just not as a man. That's just not how I choose to try to, quote unquote, compete, if you know, for lack of better terms. Um, Yeah, but I don't know. What do you have to say to that? I think I still struggle a lot from this since this was like my first education so I still have a lot of like guilt and shame around sex and sexual feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's a part of control because it sets an impossible standard because human beings are sexual. So when you set up like sex as being the ultimate sin, mm-hmm. you create this massive amount of guilt and you basically get like guaranteed customers because you know they're going to be coming back for forgiveness because they're going to keep messing up mm-hmm. because and I think that's why we I mean we we're not unfamiliar with the trope of like pastors who step out a lot and have affairs with their congregation or like with members of their congregation or underage members of their congregation like there's all there's there's so much sexual abuse that's hushed up because people want to keep the reputation of the church, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it'd be better if you guys were just good. Like you have to be realistic about human sexuality. Um, I think it's just the healthier thing. Um, I, I, I have to say there was nothing really in this. I liked except the beginning where it was like, Hey, if you see your neighbor's ox wandering around, be a buddy. And uh, help him get his ox back. That was cool. Also, to piggyback off the harmful um, consequences of some of this, what some of this thinking is um, particularly, um, and I, I think I've expressed this a little bit on here. I've certainly talked to you um, about this, but like in the whole polyamorous versus monogamous type of field, I think a lot of people have these views about polyamory that is just you know, some people are like, Oh, it's just an excuse to cheat. Or it's just like, you guys just want to be these, these sex demons. And it's like, <laughs> but as we've, you know, as we've, as I've discovered, um, as somebody who practiced that, it's like, no, like people are just sexual people. And like, it's kind of like a vibe. Like if you, if you, and like, I don't, I don't, I don't inherently think people should have to cut themselves off of that. However, I do, as I continue to read both about uh, monogamy and polyamory, I am constantly updating my standards of how I think about it. Um, but that's just something I wanted to throw in there as well, because I think a lot of what we've just read plays into that as well. Like, cause there'll be the misogyny, even in that where men are like, well, I can go have sex with as many women as I want, but you can't have sex with anybody. Or if you do, it better be another woman. And <laughs> as somebody who had that mentality for a little bit, when I was practicing it, um, I would, and I was told by like the person, like, you know, that was kind of like fucked up that you did that or you had that towards me. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, you're absolutely right. Like I, and I had to further evaluate. Why do I feel like that? And, um, have a discussion with myself about that. And so like, like I said, I'm constantly updating my standard on it. And I think differently about it now. Um, but my reasoning before, was was kind of bullshit so yeah that makes any sense it does i think um i this to me is just going in the the bible isn't all that great column (laughs) as far as evidence like because um because it to say this hasn't aged well i don't think this was good back then like I don't think you know it's not like they couldn't have tried a little harder to not make this super oppressive like killing people for having sex is just a bad idea yeah I don't think it's great and before we go all the time 
to break. I want to, cause this, I think this leads into a really good quote that I read. Well, I, I watched a YouTube video about this, but I actually wrote down the quote word for word. It's by Mark Manson. He wrote the book, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And he said this quote in one of his videos I was watching. I think it really applies to what we do each and every week. And he said, most people's beliefs are not based on logic or reason. Most people's beliefs are based on identity and group affiliation. And so when you show them contradicting data, their thought process isn't, oh, I need to update my prior assumptions about the world. Their thought process is like, I'm being attacked. My tribe is being attacked. And I think that is no more true than when we have these talks about the Bible and how a lot of the things that come out of this are one, not even practiced, but also two, they've been remixed, uh, regurgitated, summarized, resummarized, and we don't really read them in the literal sense. And so it creates this dangerous, dangerous practices within the world. And then when people like you and I, you know, speak up and have these conversations and we kind of critique, we get pushback about that. And it's never from the stance of, Oh, I may need to update my prior assumptions about the world, about religion, about the Bible, about Christianity. It's like, I'm being attacked. You're attacking this thing that I spent my entire life, you know, um, Mm -hmm. learning. And I'm part of this community, a part of this group. And like, well, and I'm glad you said that because that's what I've noticed just from, you know, we both like books and like mm-hmm. reading about different spiritual practices uh, around the world. Like I just see the parallels. Yeah. And I think Bill Burr said it best. It's like, I only believe my thing because I heard about it when I was little. Like when I hear yeah. about somebody else's religion as an adult, I'm like, that's he said when he was learning about Scientology, he was like, that's insane. Yeah. He was like, but my thing is like some woman who never got fucked had a baby yeah. and is, you know, walking on water. But, you know, like you just never and it's like, oh, God is everywhere, but yeah. I got to go there to see him. And he's mad at me and I owe you money. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I think that we should have more analysis of that and be able to look at that and be like, yeah, this this might not be the best way to go about things. Um yeah, morality-wise, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said and a lot. And historic-wise, because people assume this stuff is true. Like, I, I was listening to something the other day, and they are talking about the Adam and Eve story. Like, that really happened. It's like, y'all know, like, even, like, really religious people are like, yeah, that's obviously a metaphor. You know, like, it's an allegory. And even the lesson from it is bad. Like, So I actually have another, I have an alternative take on the, um, on Adam and Eve, particularly Adam, because I know you. You've no, seen, you have to save that for I, the well, episode. I, I, I will. We're about to go on break, okay. but I was going to say right. before I go on break, you've read the are you because you were into art. So you've seen the painting, mm-hmm. the creation of Adam. Yeah, where it's a bisected brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think Michelangelo the, didn't really like he was just kind of doing that stuff because that's the only job you can get as an artist. I think that. I think that the analysis and he was super that, into dudes. I think the analysis of that is fitting for um, our continuation. Let's just jump into Dude Around Me 23. I think uh, I mean, we made most of the points I needed to make in regarding that, unless you have anything else for Dude Around Me 22. No, let's, let's get it wet. <laughs> okay. Um, those excluded from the assembly. Um, no one. No one whose testicles are crushed or whose penis is cut off shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Um, as if they had control over that thing. Um, those born of an illicit union shall not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Even to the 10th generation, none of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Even to the 10th generation, none of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord because they did not meet you with food and water on your journey out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you, yet the Lord your God refused to heed Balaam, the Lord your God, to turn the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loved you. You shall never promote their welfare or their prosperity as long as you live. You shall not abhor any of the Edomites, 
for they are your kin. You shall not abhor any of the Egyptians because they were an alien residing in their land. The children of the third generation that are born to them may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Sanity, ritual, and humanitarian precepts. When you uh, are encamped against your enemies, you shall guard against any impropriety. Um, and one of your, if one of you becomes unclean because of a nocturnal omission, then he shall go outside the camp. He must not come within the camp. When, <laughs> um, when evening comes, he shall wash himself with water, and when the sun has set, he may come back into the camp. You have, uh, you shall have a designated area outside the camp to which you shall go. With your utensils, you shall have a tr a trowel. When you relieve yourself outside, you shall dig up a hole with it and then cover it, cover up your extra excrement. Because the Lord your God travels along with your camp to save you and to hand over your enemies to you, therefore your God, therefore your camp must be holy, so that He may not see anything indecent among you and turn turn away from you. This is okay. This is just silly, man. This is this is silly. But okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. We keep going. I'm not even slaves who have slaves who have escaped to you from their owners shall not be given back to them. They shall reside with you in your midst in any place they choose in any of your towns, wherever they please. You shall not oppress them. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a temple prostitute. None of the sons of Israel shall be a temple prostitute. You shall not bring the fee of a prostitute or the wages of a male prostitute into the house of the Lord your God in payment for any vow, for both of them are abhorrent to the Lord your God. You shall not charge interest on loans to another Israelite, interest on money, interest on provisions, interest on anything that is lent. On loans to a foreigner, you may charge interest, but on loans to another Israelite, you may not charge interest, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings in the land that you are about to enter and possess. If you take a vow to the Lord your God, do not postpone fulfilling it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you sh and you would incur guilt. But if you refrain from vow vowing, you will not incur guilt. Whatever your lips utter, you must diligently perform, just as you have freely vowed to the Lord your God with your own mouth. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes as many as you wish, but you shall not put any in a container. If you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you must you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. Um, cool, cool, cool. That was that was all very, very interesting stuff. It was a lot. I mean, it wasn't a really long chapter, but I feel like they packed a lot in there. I feel like they packed a lot. I feel like it was not cohesive at all. No. We went from talking, there was no theme. Yeah, it was no theme. It was just like, hey, this it was basically like the addendum to all the stuff we've already know, essentially. Like just also putting this in here like some type of bad contract. Like, oh yeah, make sure you put this in here as well. So it's interesting to me that God, or I'm sorry, the Lord doesn't see it for people whose genitalia has been mutilated. Um, I think there are specifically um, sort of singling out eunuchs. So maybe people who've done this purposefully. Gotcha. Um, but still, that's kind of messed up. And I think this is also might be part of the justification for a lot of the bigotry towards trans people. Okay, um, I'm, I'm just, this is just me spiffballing. If I had to guess, I haven't been in church in a long time. Like I left church way before they started hating on trans people or not before, but before it became a big focus, I should say they've always kind of hated on trans Don't people, worry, but before there. it became a, but before, before it became like a political, like, um, um, thing um, bar on that too um, and i should be clear i think that's fucked up i think trans people should be allowed to exist and i i don't know why that's controversial to say yeah i, I agree with you total sidebar on this um two things one a person in my life who i know who has um been very homophobic um i've known this person for going on 20 years now is it what the fuck yeah i'm gonna bleep it out i <laughs> do the like, editing so a person in my life who's been very homophobic um we have 
you know, we've had talks about because this person um, works in a particular space where they've had to encounter, you know, different gay and and or trans people. And so he he tells me stories about like, you know, just how he's uncomfortable with some of just and it's not even like these people are hitting on him or anything. But he um, he he did describe a a moment where I was like, I really don't know how to take that. And um, this gay guy, he had to exchange numbers with this guy because of the type of work that my friend does. And so my friend was saying like he was texting this guy, um, you know, they're just talking about, you know, work stuff or whatever. And the guy, the gay guy uses a lot of emojis. And my friend was <laughs> like, I don't know how to take this. Like, is he like trying to hit on me or whatever? And then like he, you know, my friend described some other, you know, little situations of just where he felt uncomfortable. And I was like, Hey man, um, I was like, you know, I kind of called him out. I was like, you know, you being kind of homophobic and, um, you know, essentially like, don't let it bother you. You know, like if somebody's not, you know, making it soup, I'm not doing the story. Yeah, great, emojis aren't sexual harassment. They're not like, unless it's the eggplant emoji and the little squirt emoji, that could be sexual harassment possibly. Okay. But if he's just using like smiley faces or thumbs up, like some people are just more emotional and expressive and I've also been of the opinion and lots of homophobic, um, you know, uh, sentiments. I think the root of it is misogyny because the person you're talking about, you know, you, you know, also used to have like a very complicated sort of, you know, relationship with women. And I think oh, that's a lot tra- of times. I mean, we- I think that's still kind of tracks. We had a disagreement about something earlier today. Not really a disagreement, but- just more of a discussion about something. But yes. Sure. But I think because men are uh, not just I think a lot of straight men aren't able to think creatively enough because they think the way they feel toward women is how gay men feel towards them. And that scares them because they know how they are towards women and the behaviors that they use and maybe some of the aggression. And then like the idea of having that turned on them is frightening. If I just had, to, I think, I don't think that's always it, but I think that's it sometimes. Great. That's not where I was going with this. This actually oh, had a more that was posi- just my opinion. This had a more positive ending. This person, oh, my friend expressed to me that like, you know, in talking to me recently about some of this stuff, like he's had a altered approach where he's been going into things a little bit more open-minded about like when he's dealing with you know this gay guy or whatever like that and he was like you know i literally will sit there and think like okay think about what t said like don't be homophobic and like so i I just thought that was like even in a small dosage i think that sometimes communicating to people and i think sometimes like particularly for men they need to hear from other men definitely So, so like if you know, I think he respects me enough to where, like, if I call him out about something, he's not like, okay, this guy's on some bullshit. He's like, maybe right. he has a point. But, like, he, but I'm just saying his, before you talked to him, his immediate thing was like, is this nigga trying to hit on me? It's yeah. like, not everything people do is in the pursuit of sex. And I think because men are so motivated by sex, like, to me, it's, to them, they're just like, is this nigga trying to fuck me? Well, I also like, have a no. take on that as well. Because me, Well, wait, let's talk about the Bible because we're going to run out of time. I'm sorry, <sighs> but like this is... that's me off and I I'm keep sorry. to get through the story. And then you add other really good points. I'm sorry, but I, I know like that's what we need to discuss. Like the, the whole male women thing can go on forever. But we're supposed to be talking about the Bible. And they, talk, they said a bunch of fucked up things in this chapter. Specifically like, because God has a problem with sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I don't even want the money from sex work. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, there's a problem with you not covering up your poop. That was actually camp. good. That was good. I agree with that. You should <laughs> dig a hole and poop in a hole. So there's just not poop everywhere. I mean, yes, but also does this need to be stated? It, once again, it feels a little out of place, but I like that better than the <laughs> let's kill people who are fucking. Like, this is actually a rule that'll help. Like, dig a hole, poop in a hole. I personally like the way I grew up where there were toilets. But there's no instructions here on how to build an aqueduct or toilets or... holes. 
indoor plumbing. I found indoor plumbing has helped my life way more than the Bible. Like if I had to live in a society that had Bibles or indoor plumbing, I'm taking indoor plumbing a hundred percent of the time. So I found it very interesting too, that God doesn't, um, or at least in the interpretation of this chapter, there's no charging on interest or loans to another Israelite. So let's yeah, be clear on that. But fuck the mother niggas. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no charging of that. So I, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. Um, what else do we have in here? You talked about pettiness earlier. I thought I was super petty about how they were like the Ammonites and the Moabites can't be as, as admitted into the assembly because they didn't give us water and food when we left Egypt. So, eh. Yeah. And also to the fact too, the people that were born of an illicit union, so basically bastards can't be part of the assembly. I was trying to look up what the assembly of the Lord is. I still don't really know, but the Lord is basically saying, I don't want any bastards. I don't want any eunuchs. I don't want no hoes. Which, which we feel, which seems very contradictory given what we know about like, and we've talked about this before, how the church kind of specializes in adopting children, you know, uh, children who are orphans or whatever like that, you know, going into um, uh, what is it, a monastery or ministry or whatever like that type of stuff. Um, so I just feel like it's very contradictory because they have all these people in these situations where they have pulled them out, quote unquote, and have them working essentially for this service. But here it is stated that, you know, we don't want any bastards. We don't want any of these type of people. Well, so I mean, this is just for the assembly of God. I don't even know what that is. Is that just the. Well, I would feel, I mean, I don't directly know what it is, but I feel like it has at some point it still aligns. Like how can you yeah. have people working for you? doing your and will also too like it's not up to you if your parents were married or not like that really doesn't determine awesome. like if you're a worthy person but this has been used as a reason to look down upon people like we have a term for it bastards it's not a it's not a positive term so yeah i mean um i uh the last one though i didn't agree with um well, I liked if you have a vow, don't postpone it. That's pretty good. But also, uh, I don't think it's cool. You can go in your neighbor's vineyard and eat as much as you want just yeah, as long as you like don't that. put it in a container. That's some bullshit. I don't want my neighbors doing that. And, Especially since that contradicts the, um, you know, thou shall not steal from neighbor type thing. Yeah. Like, what the hell? It's like, so you just camped out. I feel like that it gets heavy Homer messing with Ned Flanders vibes. It's like Flanders. It's like I'm not even have a. I don't even have a bucket. But yeah, let me go ahead and I mean, unless we can, because there was so much in that, and we still have to um, read twenty four. Proceed. Thank you. Deuteronomy twenty four: Laws concerning marriage and divorce. Suppose a man enters into a marriage with a woman, but she does not please him because he finds something objectionable about her. So he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. Then she leaves his house and goes off to become another man's wife. Then suppose the second man dislikes her, writes her a bill of divorce, and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house. Or the second man who marries her dies. Her first husband who sent her out is not permitted to take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled. For that would be abhorrent to the Lord, and you shall not bring guilt on the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you as a possession. Miscellaneous laws. I mean, I've felt they've all been, but whatever. <clears throat> when a man is newly married, you shall not go out with the army or be charged with any related duty. You shall be free at home for one year to be happy with the wife whom he's married. No one shall take a mill or an upper millstone for in a pledge, for that would be a taking of taking a life in a pledge. If someone is caught kidnapping another Israelite, enslaving or selling the Israelite, then that kidnapper shall die. You shall purge the evil from your midst. Guard against an outbreak of leprous skin disease by being very careful. You shall carefully observe whatever the Levitical priests instruct you. Just if I have commanded them, remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on your journey out of Egypt. When you make your neighbor a loan of any kind, you shall not go into the house to take the pledge. You shall wait outside while the person to whom you are making the loan brings the pledge out to you. If the person is poor, you shall not sleep in the garment given you as, a pledge, as the pledge. 
You shall give the pledge back by sunset so that your neighbor may sleep in the cloak and bless you, and it will be to your credit before the Lord your God. You shall not withhold the wages of the poor and needy laborers, whether other Israelites or aliens who reside in your land. In one of your towns, you shall pay them their wages daily before sunset because they are poor and their livelihood depends on them. Otherwise, they might cry to the Lord against you and you would incur guilt. Parents shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their parents. Only for their own crimes may a person be put to death. You shall not deprive a resident alien or an orphan of justice. You shall not take a widow's garment in a pledge. Remember that you are a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be left for the alien, the orphan, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings. When you beat your olive trees, do not strip what is left. It shall be for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. When you gather the grapes for your vineyard, do not glean what is left. It shall be for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I'm commanding you to do this. I thought it was really interesting about the whole, if the man is not pleased with the woman, he gets rid of her. Then he, she goes and marries somebody else, and that guy cannot take her again. If that hus- if that second husband either dies or um, divorces her. He cuts her. her out. Yeah. I don't know why that was important to say. Like, why is that bad? How does that, how is that abhorrent? I I think you hit it on the nail or hit it on the head earlier. Um, when you just like, where it says miscellaneous laws, these all kind of feel like there's no rhyme or reason or theme particular to these last uh, few chapters we've read. I guess. Um, oh, I meant to say last because they mentioned slavery again here. Um, and the last one where they were said, if someone escapes and like comes to you, you don't like turn them back over. Um, you let the slave live there. That was nice. I liked that one. Okay. Um, but um, like, you know, they keep bringing up Israel or the slavery in Egypt. I feel like this needs to be said more often. Not a whole lot of evidence that that really happened. It's probably that, just a part of their mythology. That there were slaves that they were slaves in egypt yeah the exodus story is uh in actually even the existence of moses is very debatable do you feel like the existence of jesus is debatable it's less debate it's uh less debatable than moses there is some debate about whether there was historic there historically was a jesus most the evidence points to yes there was but it might be an amalgamation of different people i can see that uh, but Moses more than likely was a myth- mythological figure. Interesting. Okay. What'd you get out of this today? Um, I got. <sighs> oh, you know what? Because they brought up Miriam again. Because it was kind of like, "Hey, do what I'm commanding." You remember what I did to Miriam? You know, there's still the threats. <laughs> Everything just has a very deep undercurrent or undercurrent of violence. The one that was frozen after she looked back, or no, the the chick you're talking about didn't even have a name. That was just Lot's wife. (laughs) Who is Miriam again? Miriam is Aaron and Moses' sister. Gotcha. Who got leprosy, and like for doing the same shit Aaron did, but God gave her leprosy. He was just like, oh, so yeah, they were yeah. both. They both challenged Moses' authority. Yeah. They were like, hey, doesn't God speak to all of us? He ain't and, just speaking to Moses. And Aaron kind of skated on that, and mm-hmm. she did not. Right, and so, um, so there's just you know, there's always just that you know reminder: stay in line, or I'm fucking you up. And um, <laughs> I think I don't know. To me, this was. I'm glad we don't live by Bible laws and I don't think our culture gets better as we move towards a more Christian society. I think it's actually getting worse. I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, every, every time we record, I'm just completely mind blown because I know what we're reading again is not what the majority of Christians are taking away in the sense of like, they're not actually reading. They're not asking the questions. They're just being resummarized 
whatever the pastor is saying on the pulpit on Sundays. And like, I guess that for me has been in my observation, the biggest disconnect because I think their association with God is totally different than what the, the literal text is actually presenting. And then the people who are far more refined or polished with this, when you challenge that, they will say, well, you're just interpreting it wrong or you're just looking at it wrong and all this. And I feel like, and I've said this before, I feel like when somebody tells me when I'm reading something that, and we're taking it literal and we can agree that that is what the literal sense is for somebody to tell me, oh, you're just interpreting it wrong. I think this insulting actually is very insulting to me because that, that, you're taking it wrong or you're looking at it wrong lens. I think that works in entertainment in, in, in like film or something like, you know, a painting yeah. or something like that. Art. But in art, art is up for interpretation, but I don't think that, you know, if, if this is what we're supposed to live by, I don't think we can really, the have word room. of God. Yeah. I don't think we can have room for interpretation. I think we have to have it be black and white. I mean, that is the point of writing things down. That's literally where that idiom comes from in black and white because it's in print, white paper, black ink. Like, and that is why traditionally people of our station weren't supposed to know how to read. We were supposed to accept this wholeheartedly. This is our lot in life. This is the divine order. And if you violate the divine order, get fucked up like Miriam did or the, you know, Ammonites and all that stuff. Like you don't, you know... Um, you don't want that. So just, but now that we can read it and be like, oh, hold up, uh, got some questions. Cause no matter what, to me, to me, what really tipped my hand, cause you mostly went to Catholic school. I didn't go to Catholic school until high school. Mm. So like they really, it, it, it really exposed me to the game. Cause I was like, oh, you know, Christianity goes back 2000 years and it's changed a lot. And it was mostly what we know as modern Christianity has mostly been formed by the Catholic Church. I would ask anybody who considers themselves a Christian and believes in the Trinity, for instance. So that's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Trust me, nothing about that in the Bible. That was established 300 years, a little more than 300 years into uh, modern Christianity, what we're calling Christianity now, um, by the Vatican. So they just decided so that there can be one God. They discovered the mystery of the Trinity. But like, that's not something that's found in the Bible at all. They just pulled that well, out. Also, of even ass. people who have not really thought into it that deeply still get confused by it. Cause it's like, okay, so God is the creator, but then like Jesus is his, d- his son, his son. But then the Holy spirit is also is like, what now? Yeah. So it's, it, <laughs> the trick is don't think about it like you it's the mystery that's why the church was able to run this world so long and like um you brought up michelangelo's the creation of adam mm-hmm. which is uh, one, one of, of my favorite paintings yeah i i'm same and i actually featured in like one of the paintings i did like it's mm-hmm. but i did it with chicks like it was a woman because i in my mm-hmm. mind was, i'm whenever great. i think of yeah <laughs> <laughs> whenever i think of god i really try to picture a woman um, just to you know, undo all of my brain. Well, the video I, I saw just to kind of give a, and we might link these because I talked about Mark Manson, and then this was a totally different video. But um, he was basically just discussing, like, you know, if you take the interpretation of God as the creation of Adam's mind, then it is natural for a human like yourself, you as a woman to be like, okay, well, if I'm gonna think of God, I would envision somebody who looks like me or has similar things. to. So I think that's just a very human thing. And so. And I think that's why a lot of black women, especially in America are fucked up because we worship a white dude. I would argue that's why fucking black men are fucked up too. Like that. I mean, yeah, I can agree. I I can never. I can I cannot say this enough. I mean, I've discussed that thing on the podcast, especially in our earlier episodes. But like I used to want to be like white because that is yeah. what I That's was the fed. Best. Like I, I struggle I struggle with that up until about junior high high school time, you know, like mm-hmm. because all my media and like and to this day, like and now I watch, I watch my kids go through that. When I watch movies now and it's a predominantly white like cast, like I actually kind of get annoyed with that. Because that's Same. Not, it just is 
and I'll watch stuff and I'll be like, especially since I'm in entertainment, I'm just like, there's no reason that these characters had to be white. Nope. So like you could have literally made them. To me, it takes effort to be all white now. So when stuff is all white, I'm really looking at it sideways. Yeah. Because it's like that was damn near. That's a choice at this point. Like you should really not want stuff to be like all male, all white. Like that's that's the cat. That's the Vatican's problem. Well, in the, I mean, and I will say the Vatican does let a couple darkies in now and then, but we they know what's up. There ain't gonna be no black popes for a while. And this isn't a good example, but you know, I play video games from time to time, and the new Grand Theft Auto Six is coming out, and once again, one of the characters is like a white male. Um, granted they have like a Latina girl as like the other character I guess you'll be able to play but I just saw that and I was just like fuck man like can it just be two Hispanic people like do we have to like I don't I'm just tired of you only got the one because it's Hispanic history month (laughs) I'm just I'm just tired of and it's probably a very light skinned Hispanic oh she oh yeah she was not Afro Latina at all because <laughs> that's the thing too a lot of people don't even think there's any black people in like um like that's not even a thing like they're like no they're curly haired lights oh let's not even get into colorism right now um but yeah um i gotta say oh what's coming up in the bible so next time on bible breakdown because i know you all been just loving this this deuteronomy yeah. Um, but we're going to be talking about the Leverite marriage. We'll be talking about various commands. We'll be talking about. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. First fruits and tithes. Ooh, can't wait to talk about tithes. Concluding exhortation. Um, so extortion. Um, the inscribed <laughs> the inscribed stones and altar. Uh, I think what? exhortation is like worship in that sense. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I'm not an expert at this, people. I'm just, you know, looking at it from a literal lens. Um, the inscribed stones and altar on Mount Ebi? Ebel? Mount Ebel? Yeah, that's an L. Um, and the 12 curses. Mm. Um, so Moses curse is for coming. every tribe. Is Moses alive? I feel like Moses died a minute ago, but we're bringing back Moses, apparently. <laughs> Like we said, this timeline is all over the place because once again, I'm pretty sure this isn't a real dude. So it could just be whenever, whenever, whatever. Like a Shakira song. But, um, <laughs> I forgot to mention the part where uh, the Lord was saying like women can't wear men's apparel and men can't wear women's apparel. Um, oh, I missed that line. Um, that was... Shoot. Did I, I must have read it. Um, was that in the first thing? That must have been in 22. Man, there was so much in this crap. Um, oh, yeah, that was Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. A woman shall not wear a man's apparel, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For whoever does such a, such things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Mm, so, so man, and that kind of ties into the fashion police aspect of what's going on in uh, Iran right now, where uh, women are yeah, like, sorry, hey, women, women are getting killed. Girls gone wild. Yeah. A lot of people getting killed. It's like, you know what? You don't stop oppressing bitches over here. Just like we don't feel like it. Like, stop it. Like, we want to wear what we want to wear. We don't want to wear what we don't want to wear. <laughs> yeah. And if men want to wear and what is men's clothing? What is women's clothing? Who gets to decide that? Because technically someone could say, I have on men's clothes right now because I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. So am I abhorrent? I don't know. I think it's interesting how many people get their um their panties in a bunch, <laughs> as the quote goes, um, on brand since we're talking about apparel. But I just think it's just like under uh, apparel. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a hair second away from just starting to wear like, I guess dresses and stuff because I just see how frustrated these manly men just get with like. I, I, I'm, I'm friends with a few people on Facebook, and you know they grew up in like a different era of hip hop, and they just. These old heads get so frustrated with these young guys who just like wear, you know, um, 
Blouses. Blouses and oh, well, mm-hmm. that's not the word I was going to use. Just like I guess traditionally you wouldn't be able to tell if it was a, or I guess it would be a traditionally a woman's apparel. But they're like they get so frustrated. I'm just like, just let these boys live. Like let yeah, people, like I the amount of energy it takes to go out of your way to try to correct somebody, quote unquote, to 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 fit your standard of what you think something should be. And it's once again, because it just feel like performance, like you're not performing maleness correctly for. And once again, I feel like a lot of these things are us a little bit for the kind of white hetero gaze. You know what I mean? Where cause I think uh, I think whiteness is a type of myth and part of whiteness is straightness, where it's like if you want all of the benefits of whiteness, you have to be male and straight and Mm. not have your genitals crushed and don't have a limp and like there's all these things where I don't know whatever we're striving for is it worth striving for is this really what like I don't know like to me the type of life that I want to have and the type of people I want to be around aren't doing the things that I'm reading about so far and you can say like, well, that was a long time ago. It's like this was still a bad idea a long time ago. Yeah, I find it very interesting because um, I'm in a space now and we're coming to a wrap, but I just wanted to bring this up. I mean, several things have been said during this conversation that we might have to elaborate on in the future. But since I'm in a space now where I'm dealing with more um, church centric people, I find myself having to code switch as as black people would call it a lot um you know like i've been in situations where i've been asked to pray and do stuff like that and like it doesn't it doesn't really bother me like like i'm just like all right whatever i'll just do it and go on my day but then you know i come here and i talk to you and we talk about how it's a constant you know reiteration or regurgitation of harmful you know acts and I think about that and it's like, at what point am I just like, I don't want to be around these people, like people who, who, who are not choosing to do the homework to better themselves, to educate themselves. Because I think a lot of this comes with just education and like, the more you read, the more, you know, the more you'll look at this from a more, I think, analytical lens and be like, oh, maybe, maybe this ain't all it's cracked up to be. So, Yeah. I think that explains why most people um, who identify as Christians like don't necessarily read the Bible, but they read a lot of like inspirational books or like um, people I would call Christian influencers, like books that they put out that are sort of self-help that's inspired by the Bible. So it might have a couple of like some of the better because I mean, we've we've definitely established there are some things in the Bible that are cool like but it's not like it's amazing no one ever thought of that like don't kill people it's like wow this is next level it's like yeah people have thought of that relax like you didn't necessarily need the bible for that um but like you know there's um it, it's being marketed in a way it's very it's very slick clever marketing that has a two thousand year old head start before you're and especially because it is pushed so heavily in the culture especially before we we we, me as as a society because it makes it sound like i'm super hard on religion i think people should be able to practice whatever they want to practice seriously it's just we never take the approach of well why don't we just like you know literally give people a choice to me like this wasn't a choice this is what you do with the just because i had the mental flexibility to be like actually i don't think there's a hell i'm not afraid of this and i'm gonna keep thinking thoughts even though technically there's a thought crime you can do that could get you sent to hell and see that's where that's always been my argument is just like the imbalance of things like you know okay you want to do this other thing fine but like let's stop acting like that's the only way that's my argument with religion that's my argument with relationship styles all of this like let's stop acting like people who want to do it different they're fucked up for wanting to do it different yeah like if you're a woman and you want to wear men's apparel fuck you like you're you're bad it's like what and what is even men's it's like that does come on oh and then because there's so many fashion rules because he also said too you can't mix wool and linen 
It's like, wow, I'm gonna get a nice suit. Look, wear whatever the fuck you want. But I also think we have our, you know, we have our. But definitely bury your poop. That was a good one. If you're in the wilderness, don't just poop and leave it out there. We're, you know, dig a hole in the ground, or better yet, build a civilization with toilets. You know, let's just end on that note. Let's think that's positive. <laughs> I think we all can agree on that, Christian or not. That uh, <laughs> we all like toilets, and we yeah. all want poop just randomly on the ground. Like you don't even like it when your neighbor's dog does it on your lawn. So heck no, <laughs> curb your pets, people. Alrighty. Until um, next time, Bible your body belongs to you. I'm sorry. Bible breakdown at gmail. Bible breakdown podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm gonna go get some rest. I'm so tired. <laughs> All right. Alrighty. I like it better when you're you're tired, not as uh, as feisty. <laughs> There's a lot more green today. Way more docile. There's still some moments in there, but it's all right. <laughs> Take care. Bye.